we're honored to be back in the pulpit and um, thankful for what he's doing. We've been in this series for quite some time, but today's message, I put it on Facebook so you can get ahead, chapter 7, so you can look ahead. Chapter 7 is filled with all kinds of things. We talked about uh, Gideon, talked about his fleece last time we were together, talked about how to find and, and ascertain and discern the will of God and the mind of God. How many believe God has a plan? I mean, don't you hope he has a plan at least? Does anybody have faith here that God has a plan for America? I mean, is this it? Is what we're seeing actually all there is? We've got to listen to the word of the Lord today. Because what you're seeing is contradictory to what God is saying. The sound of heaven in the middle of hell. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And if you don't get that in your spirit, you're going to miss the whole thing. So let us get started. Gideon's story. You know, he, he was under uh, the, the wine press threshing wheat. You remember that. How silly is that? He was scared. How many ever had fear grip your heart? Come on, you wouldn't have a mask on. If fear didn't grip your heart, the whole world's fear, fearful. I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to get COVID. You know what? The vaccine is coming out, and it looks like the more the vaccine comes out, the less fear we have. I can't wait to see your faces again. For some of you, you can just keep it. It'd probably be better. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. God bless you. I love you. I just come back to pick on you. I've been rested up. And then he took, uh, he met with God after he realized the angel of the Lord was with him. Remember, that was God in his presence. How many know if God's with you, you're going to make it? And God gave him a word and uh, he made an altar. Then he tore down the altars of Baal. You got to make an altar to God first. Then God will take, make you take care of all the altars of Baal, right? You can't save yourself. Jesus has come to save. Come on now. So once he saves you, you got to deal with all the things that took you away from him in the first place. So Gideon went over to his father's altars and the altars of Baal and the astropoles and cut them down and got rid of them. And this is just a, this is act one. And, the, and then he did uh, the fleece before the Lord. Gideon, if you're still, still scared, still doubting. So he asked the Lord for these fleece and uh, do all over the ground. But uh, first it was on the, not on the ground and then on his fleece. He rings it out there. And then he said, uh, Lord, can I do another one? <laughs> I need to know what you're doing. I mean, no, we need to hear what the Lord is doing. We need to hear from God. I said, we need to hear from God. Does anybody think God took a vacation like Pastor Ron and he's gone? Do you feel, is anybody here believe God's still on the throne, still working it out? It takes faith to believe that. So he does, says it again, Lord, if there's, you know, if the, if the fleece is dry and all the ground is wet, and, 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 and so it all happened just like God gave it to him. Uh, so, so he selects an army, 135,000. He's got 32,000. And so it's four to one. And then the, he says, hey, tell the people you've got. This is when more is less, right, and best. When more is best. He said, you got too many. So go ahead and tell those uh, 22,000. If you're scared, go home. <laughs> And 22,000 uh, went to 10,000, 13 to 1. And then he said, uh, take them down to the river. Take them down to the river and let them lap like a dog. And uh, the weird ones that lap like a dog, uh, Gideon's thinking, oh, yeah, get rid of the weird ones. God's saying, no, I'm going to use the weird ones. Hence, Oak Grove Assembly of God. Hallelujah. 
those that lap like a dog were 300. So now we're 450 to one. That's not the best odds, though, Gideon. But Gideon goes down to here as the enemy talks. Verse 15, I told you to concentrate on. So let's, let's just look at it. Uh, it's, it's very serious. When Gideon heard the enemy talk about his victory, remember the dream? The Bible says when Gideon heard the dream that God was going to give the victory, he made an altar and he began to worship. And it was so. Look at this. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and his interpretation that he worshiped. I mean, no worship will get you into the presence of the Lord. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're seeing with your eyes. I don't understand or know what discouragement, what grief, what defeat might be in your spirit. How many know you start to worship? You'll change the atmosphere in your house. How many know worship can change the atmosphere in this church? If we'll come in ready to worship, how many know we will meet with God? If nobody else is worshiping, you can meet with him all by yourself, right? So he worshiped. Then he returned to the camp of Israel. And this is what he said, get up, boys, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Isn't that powerful? He heard the enemy talk about his victory. You know what? It's hard for the saints to hear the saints talk about the victory and get the victory. But the hearing, the the, the correlation is the hearing calls faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So he made an altar when he heard faith came into his heart, praying, you know, I'm sure he's getting directions there, right? I said, I'm sure he's getting directions there. I'm not sure what you're seeing this morning, but I'm seeing a nation filled with hate and violence and immorality and wickedness on every end. I'm seeing the Supreme Court. Is anybody here? Who's changing all of our laws? Who's trying to to uh, say it's okay to murder babies? I see a world that's saying that the marriage and the family is is is, is all changing. How many know the devil is a liar? We need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear from the Lord. It doesn't matter how wicked our culture gets. It doesn't matter what we're seeing happen down here. We need to hear something from up there. So get your ears open. We're about to get into this thing. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We can never allow what we see to dominate or defeat us. Man, sometimes your eyes can play tricks on you. Never let what you're seeing hinder what heaven is saying. God's still God. I said, how many know the word of God is still truth? Whom the Son sets free is still free indeed. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a donkey, and they saw a... a, a just good old rabbi. They saw a good teacher of the law. They saw a humble man on, on a donkey, but they didn't know it. But he is the king of glory. Who is this king of glory, David said? He's the only wise God. How I many know oh, God sent Jesus to take away the sins of the world? To deal with what we see every day, the wickedness. But they missed it because their eyes saw one thing. And their ears were dull of hearing what the Lord had to say. What God's word says, how I many know it's priority over what we see? Can somebody shout amen to that? All right. I'm hitting the button, but nothing's happening. But help me out there, Quinlan. Thank you. Some examples. Second Samuel 5, 22 through 25. David was facing the same kind of enemy that, that Gideon was. I mean, against all odds, the Philistines were a mighty against David. And he had already inquired of the Lord once, 
right? So that's why it says, then Philistines went up once again. David fought them over and over. How many know there's something about the enemy? He's always trying to destroy and fight. As soon as you get one victory, how many know you better be prepared for another one? And down through the ages of church history, how many know the church has stood up time and again to be counted? I said, there's been plenty of people who have been burned at the stake for the gospel. How many know it's time in our last days to make a stand for the glory of God? The word of God never changes. So here the Philistines come up again and, de- and, and deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephraim. Okay, just like Gideon, they were over the top of the mountain. Here is, here is David. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. That's key. That is key. Building an altar and worshiping God is key to getting the plan. And God's plans are different than our plans. I said, Israel had a plan for this man, Messiah, to come in on on a white stallion and to take care of the Roman army. That was Israel's plan. But how many know God had a plan to save the whole wide world from their sin? That's God's plan. And they didn't get the two together. So David inquired of the Lord. He said, you should not go up like you did last time. Because David was asking, how many ever talked to God and in real talk, anybody? David said, hey, Lord, are we, you know, I got to ask a couple of questions, Lord. Are, uh, <laughs> uh, are, are we going to get involved? Or, are you with us in this battle? Absolutely, David. Should I go? Should I go up against him on the first one? Yes, you should go up, David. David said, hey, I have another question. It reminds me a lot of Gideon. <laughs> you know, he wanted to know. He wanted to really, really know. It wasn't so much doubt, fear, as as I want assurance to know that my God is with me. Is anybody here today want to know that you know that God is with you? So David said, shall I go? He said, yeah, go. David said, well, if you don't mind me asking, am I going to win? <laughs> How many know that's a fair question? How many know the answer already? Come on. How many know God never fails? He has never lost a battle and he don't plan on starting today. If you're in the middle of something, how many believe God's going to give you the victory? So David, David goes to the Lord again and, and the Lord said, Hey, this time don't go up straight at them. Circle around behind them. And this is the plan. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And this is what I want you to do, David. Listen, listen. And it shall be when you hear, somebody shout hear. When you hear the sound, shout hear the sound. Hear the sound of the marching of the tops of the mulberry trees. Then, only then, you shall advance quickly. And I mean quickly. (laughs) For then the Lord will go out, what? Before you. You never even left yet, David. All you got to do is wait over here behind the the mulberry trees. I know these plans seem crazy, but how many know our God wants all the glory? If you have the wherewithal in your own strength to do it, go ahead, but God's not going to get the glory. So God brings the army down low enough for Gideon and helps out David to say, you sit here and wait to my instructions. And when you hear the sound in the mulberry trees, advance quickly. For then I will go out. Before you even get there, David, I'm already going to be there to strike the camp of the Philistines. And isn't that what happened? I said, isn't that what happened? And David did so. As the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer or Gezer. You ever wonder where that term came, the old Gezers? There they are, the old Gezers. I mean, no, the devil is an old Gezer. Beelzebub. Satan, Lucifer, liar, 
surplanter, tricker. I mean, no, the devil's got his day coming. But he's always trying to mess with God's people. Just like Gideon, David faces an overwhelming enemy. And what he sees looks like defeat. So God says, listen, I want you to hear my plan. And when you hear the sound, don't move until you hear from me. I don't know where you are this morning, but that's a word for you. How many received that? Lift your hand. Say, I won't move, God. I won't move till I hear from you. Like Jacob, I'm not letting you go, God, till you give me a blessing. I don't have the answers. I don't understand. I don't have the resources. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't even know how I got in this. But I'm not going to move until I hear from you. When I hear the sound, I'm going to take off quickly. It talks about quick obedience. Quiet listening and quick obedience. Move when God says move. Do what God says do. That's an example. Here's another one. Elijah was in a famine. If he'd gone by his sight, he would have seen drought and doubt. But here's what he said. After the, on the fight on Mount Carmel, all the prophets of Baal. It's just like Gideon and Judges, remember? So they fall into sin. God sends, you know, a famine or whatever to discipline them, get their attention. And they, uh, they get all this problem. Then he raises up a leader. They repent and then they have revival. Remember that constant cycle? Here we are. This is Elijah. The people of God are worshiping Baal. And he's out Mount Carmel, 850 prophets of Baal against one man of God. How many know the odds are against us, but God is for us. And one man sets up an altar. He builds an altar to God and he worships. Says a quick prayer. God licks up the sacrifice. Wow. The God who answers by fire, he is God alone. How many still believe we serve the God who answers by fire? The God of Elijah. He's still with us. And so after that, he looked at Ahab. He said, hey, I know it's drought. I'm looking at a drought. I'm seeing a drought. But what I'm hearing is different than what I'm seeing. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Come on, Old Grove. I know it's ugly out there. I know the world seems like it's going down fast. But if we will incline our ear to the Lord, something's happening in heaven that the world and the earth don't know nothing about. I wish I could get an amen in here. Somebody needs to shout for God's going to speak to you today. Are you hearing what he's saying? Are you hearing? Or are you seeing? Because people of faith are inspired, not by what they see. We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't know what you're seeing. I don't know what the doctor gave you a report. You saw it right there in the colon. Oh, it's bad. The doctor looked at you. Oh, look at my heart. It's bad. How many know we haven't heard from heaven yet? You can never allow what you see to dictate what you believe. Come on now. A lot, a lot of people are not believing because they're not seeing. You'll never hear heaven talking defeat. You'll never hear heaven and the voices from heaven saying, give up, quit. The Lord gave a word to Oak Grove many years ago before we came. But when we came, he gave a word to us. Simple word. God was going to send a revival to this area and he was going to use this church to spark it. Now, I know there'd be few of us but isn't it just like God to use Oak Grove? I mean, you look at the churches in our city, Max. I mean, if he's going to use a church, get the one with all the resources and all the people and all the money. But that's not how God... 
it's just like God <laughs> to find the fewest and the weakest and the smallest tribe with the least amount of money. How I many know oh, God's economy is different than our economy? We don't need money to see revival. We need to hear from thus saith the Lord. And if God said it, you might as well lift your hands and worship because God's going to see us through. Not about us at all. It's not about old cowardly Gideon or crazy David. It's about God. Never give up on his word. Look at this world and you get down. But having faith is how we stay up in a down world. It's like going, it's like going up the downstairs case. Everything in God's economy is opposite of this world. How many know God is countercultural, countercultural to this world? Everything this world's doing, God's doing something. Up. If you want to find God, just stand on your head. You'll find him. Amen? It's absolutely opposite of whatever this world's saying, God's saying different. In the last days, good shall be evil, and evil shall be good. If we say God created it, they say, no, he didn't. If we say God created male and female, they say, no, he didn't. If we say God has given us life at conception, they say, no, he didn't. I mean, who's telling the truth? You shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So I'm hearing my news from another world. I said, I'm hearing my news from another world. You can just keep on going. You can go from CNN and graduate and get Holy Ghost filled and, and go to Fox News and then really get a call of God and go to Max, Newsmax. I mean, no, none of them. I said, none of them are sounds from heaven. They're only reporting what's going on on earth. Some of them not even doing that. But if you look at that fact, it'll let you down. How many ever got depressed watching the news? How many watch the news and say, we're losing? It doesn't look like we're ever going to win. Will we ever come out of this pandemic? Will we ever come out of this recession? Will we ever make it? How many know, yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> Amen? Because God is on the throne. I haven't looked at my notes one time. I'm sure there's something good in there. But God's, God's not nervous about our economy. He has his own. You can't explain old grove and how we come out of a hole. If you try to put the mathematics to it, it just doesn't work because God says <laughs> less is more. Less is more. We have less money, but we did more things. How's that possible? I know a lot of people with a lot of money doing less things because we have a heart. We have a heart to build the wall. Our nation is struggling. Can we watch it? Just watch the walls destroyed and just watch it like, like, uh, like they did in Nehemiah's day. 120 years or more, 141 years. I don't know how many years. A long time, over 100 years, those walls were destroyed. And the Israelites looked at it every day. For seven years, the Midianites and Gideon watched and hid in defeat and fear until God raised up a, a man. Doesn't look like the best candidate. From the smallest, weakest tribe, he said, I'm the one. No, no, not me. Not me. Call somebody who can. Same thing Moses said. I haven't found any of the characters in the Bible we're talking about who felt like they could. But how many know when we're weak, he is strong. 
Could it possibly be, O Grove, that he wants to bring you into this place so he can raise up his holy and mighty name? He'll bring them down so he can be lifted up. Possibility. He has something to say, Jesus. How many want to hear from the Lord? He has something to say today. I'm not sure what you're hearing, but I'm hearing this. You see that last line? I'm hearing Jesus is coming. Remember old blind Bartimaeus? <laughs> he said when, when blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming, he started shouting, mercy on me I mean that'd be a good shout to shout right there he heard this man Jesus was coming wouldn't it be awesome if the church preacher started preaching about the soon coming of the Lord again and the church started believing that it's really imminent right around the corner that by the end of this service you don't have to worry about eating out you could be eating at the marriage supper of the lamb in the twinkling of an eye how many know the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive will be caught up together with the meat of the Lord in the air he's not coming all the way down the first time he's stopping about halfway and we're going to meet him Woo! how many know that's the truth I don't know what you're hearing but I'm hearing Jesus is coming you can vote anybody you want in next time I'm going to leave my keys to the church to the antichrist because we're out of here I said we're out of here if you're that concerned and attached to this building, you go ahead and keep it clean for the Antichrist. But I'm out of here. I'm hearing something that I'm seeing. Something different. I said, I'm seeing something different that I'm hearing. And it has to be. My hope's not in this world, I see, but the God that I can hear. It's important. Three things or four or five, several times Jesus says, be of good cheer. One of them is John 16, 33. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Somebody ought to stand up and give a shout to the Lord this morning. Somebody ought to give him a shout. I have overcome the world. This is not the day for the church to soak and sour and be depressed and defeated like there's no hope for us. This is the day for us to be saved and sanctified. Full of the Holy Ghost. Working in the kingdom. Celebrating the harvest. Otherwise, what is there? We're not going to have another soul saved here. That's why we get involved in missions. It may not happen as fast in America. Our day and our time may not have come yet. But how many know what's happening around the world? Pastor in Ethiopia, wow. Sat at my table at my office. Told me he has 5,000 in his church and he's already planted over 100 churches. In Ethiopia. In Ethiopia. And we can't do that in America when we got all the resources and all the wisdom and all the technology, all the stuff we have and we can't really. I mean, no, God never said we couldn't. In fact, we have the 10 finger prayer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Does anybody still believe that? So that's, that's what's happening. Be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. How many believe if Jesus overcome, you can overcome too. In just a little bit, we're going to come to the altar. We're going to get a victory. The next day, you said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, we already said that one. <laughs> you need to hear it. Uh, Matthew 9, 2, be of good cheer because your sins are forgiven. Satan's always showing us our faults, always reminding us of our past. How many know it's time to remind Satan of his future? It's time for us to get the victory. This is the story of the 
four guys that wanted to bring their friend before Jesus. It was noised abroad. Again, there was a sound in the streets that Jesus was in the house. You remember that? Jesus is in the house. How many know if Jesus is in the house, anything's possible? If Jesus is in the house, anything's possible. And they couldn't get in because there were so many people in the house. So these four guys said, we got to get to Jesus. If we ever, listen to me, Oak Grove, if we ever get that desperate to get to Jesus, like the woman with the issue of blood, we'll get to her in a minute. If we ever get that desperate, how many know we will see a miracle? They climbed up on the top of the roof, pulled back the roof, lowered this man down in front of Jesus. And instead of healing his body, he said, your sins are forgiven. Be of good cheer. How many know it'd be better to have the grace and salvation of God than to have a healing and be able to walk? I don't know if anybody here is happy to be saved, but if you're saved and you know it, would you give the Lord a a praise offering here? Be of good cheer. The Lord redeems. The Lord forgives. The Lord has mercy. It's not just the one time when you got saved. It's all the time. Anybody ever got saved after you got saved? Praise God for our kids in children's church. They raise their hand every time. Raise their hand. Kind of like me in Bible school. Anybody have any questions today? I just left my hand up. Got me a stick and just propped it. I never read the Bible. I wasn't saved a day in my life. By the time I got 18, 20-something, I was in Bible school, and I wanted to know, does anybody want to hear what the word of the Lord has to say? Well, God says you're saved. You're saved. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You can't keep watching the visible. You got to hear the audible. You got to hear the audible. And so... It's important that you catch this today. We celebrate what we got, but how about we start celebrating what we got rid of? How many got rid of a few things? Hey, when you got saved, how many got rid of alcoholism? Come on now, shout to the Lord. How many got rid of drug addiction? How many got rid of of, of all kind of perversions and evil things? How many got rid of a filthy mouth when you got saved? Nobody? Well, it's still time. (laughs) Help us, Lord. That's what faith can do. I heard this story of uh, October 1982. A year was, I was saved in that year. And at Badger Stadium in Wisconsin, 60,000 fans came to Wisconsin to take on Michigan State Spartans. Hey, Mark, Michigan State Spartans, big game in 1982. And although they had the home field advantage, the Spartans were beating them good. Doesn't that bless you today, Mark, to come to church and know that the Spartans beat on somebody? What was odd, though, was that the more that the Badgers were losing every quarter, the louder the fans for the Badgers in the stand, the Wisconsin fans were shouting, praising, shouting, celebrating. So the coaches look around, we're, we're losing so bad. What's wrong with our, our, our people? Our fans are crazy. The more we're losing, the more they're shouting. What they did not know was about 80 miles down the road <laughs> in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Brewers were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. And unfortunately, they were beating the Cardinals. Sorry, uh, sorry, Brian. Brian's a big Cardinals fan. But the Brewers were beating the Cardinals in the World Series Game 4, 1982. So the Brewers had little radios to their ear. <laughs> and they're watching these, this team lose. And they're cheering for the one over there that's winning. I just came to tell you today, it's time for us to get in the right arena.
arena. You might be in this arena where it looks like everything's losing, but somebody needs to get a transistor radio up to your ear in the spirit and realize God is the victor. We're winning. I said we're going to win. Just depends on what stadium you're in. I said, Hebrews said in chapter 12, there's a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Be of good cheer. You got rid of all this stuff in your life. You're saved. God's blessing you. You're on your way. Jesus is coming. Come on now. We got to get ready. And so be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. And then another one, it's, it says this, all this, this stuff you got rid of, addiction, guilt, shame, you're born again. Somebody ought to be thankful for being born again. In Matthew 19, uh, 9, 22, Jesus turned around. This is the one with the issue of blood. And when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, woman, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Does anybody believe God can still do that? Does anybody believe in the healing power of Almighty God? Certainly he can. He can come and he can heal us. He can touch us. Today he can do it. Here's one more before we get out of here. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Oh, Gideon was scared. I mean, he's got 135,000 Midianites staring him down. And God, in all of his wisdom, gives him 300. But I got to tell you what God did. Those 9,700 men that left gave all of their lanterns and all of their swords and all of their torches to Gideon. How many believe God knows how to give you what you need? All of their lanterns to 300 people. 300 people, all they had was, uh, was lanterns and torches and swords. That's it. That's it. Lanterns and torches and swords. But if Gideon wouldn't have made an altar, he wouldn't have got the plan. And the plan wouldn't just go down there and start screaming and just yelling and sword and kill everybody. The plan was put the, put the torches in the lantern, clay pots. Put them in the clay pots. And whenever, whenever I tell you to blow the trumpet, it was trumpets actually. It was trumpets, right? Trumpets. Trumpets and torches and lanterns. I don't even know if there was a sword, but they did say the sword of the Lord and Gideon, but they had a torch and a clay pot and 300 men. How I many know oh, you better have God? When they, uh, they broke up into different companies of people along the top of the mountain and the people were in the valley. Gideon said, do what I do. And when I tell you to blow the trumpet, you blow the trumpet. When I tell you to break the pitcher, you break the pitcher. Oh, one, two, three. And the light that was inside of the pitcher, clay pot, began to brilliantly be revealed all over the place. And what happened is God had already gone before Gideon just like he went before David. And somehow God had the people, the enemy, so confused. How many know it's already evident that this country is confused. I said, somebody ought to amen that. I said, it's already evident that this country is confused. They were so confused, they didn't turn on the church. 
They turned on each other. And the church was the only thing left. I said, how many know the soon and very soon the church is the only thing left? In fact, I'd go as far as to say the only keeping, only thing keeping hell from just, just flooding over this earth is, is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish somebody believed in the church. I said, I wish somebody believed in the church the way God believes in his church. But he's waiting for them to wake up their faith. When I tell you, you shout, you blow the trumpet, the trumpet's coming. How many know Jesus is coming? And then you break that. And listen, God wants to use you, O Grove, but he can't use you until you're broken. You remember when the Last Supper, we'll take communion tonight. Same thing as the feeding of the 5,000, Max. He took a little bunch, little bit against so many. He took a little bit of nothing against so many. Are y'all with me? I said he took a little bit of nothing from nothing and made something. But every time he takes whatever it is, little or not, He blesses it, and he breaks it, and then he gives it away. At the Last Supper, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave away. The woman with the alabaster box blessed her. She blessed him. She wept and wept, washed his feet, and she she broke it, and she gave it away. It's a principle somebody needs to get in their spirit today. If you haven't been broken, you're not in the ministry. I can tell you, you're not doing anything for God because God wants to break you first. And our Jesus knows what it's like. Jesus knows what ministry is like, Max. It's not ministry until it bleeds, till it bruises, till it breaks. You understand? So as soon as that happened, that's what happened. Don't be afraid, he said. I got this. That was the uh, ghost. Remember that Jesus was walking on the water? Jesus was walking on the water, and they said, it's a ghost. Their eyes saw a ghost, when in actuality, it was Jesus. So he speaks, he speaks a word to them, don't be afraid, it's me. How many in the middle of your, whatever you're going through, situation right now, at home or in here, how many would be a whole lot more at peace if you knew the Lord was there? I said, if the Lord was here, how many would feel a little bit more at peace? I said, if, if you felt like the Lord was taking care of America, how many would have a little bit more hope? Of course we would. Then why are we allowing what we see to dictate our worship, allowing fear and confusion to dictate our spirit? It shouldn't be. Let's look at that again there. It appears that the world's winning. Our children are on drugs. Our families are struggling. And while you're seeing that, I'm hearing this. And this is what I'm going to close with, and I'm going to read that word from that pastor and then we're going to get out of here after to come to the altar i'm here in deuteronomy 28 and i can't wait to give it to you but look at it now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the lord your god to observe carefully his commandments which i commanded you today that the lord your god will set you high above all the nations of the earth anybody want to be there the lord that's what he said You can believe it if you want to. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Anybody live in the city? Come on, let me see your hand. You live in the city. That's you. Blessed shall you be in the country. Anybody live in the country? Let me see your hand. Where do the rest of you live? Springfield, that's a city. Help us, Lord. 
Folks, y'all got to get into this thing, okay? You got to be either in the city or the country. The base, basically, if you obey the voice of the Lord, you're blessed. Thank you, Mike. No, you're back. He's back. All right. Blessed shall the fruit of your body be. God says you're healing. Oh, blessed the fruit of your body. Not only that, you'll be fertile. Fruit of your body. If somebody's praying today about uh, fertility and having a child, how many know God will bless you? In the middle of infertility, ask Abraham and Sarah how that works. The produce of your ground and the increase of your hands, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket. Come on, Easter's coming. Hudson and Ellie said, woo! And the one to come. And your kneading, kneading bowl. Pastor's not sure what that is, but you need it. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies. Look at this, would you? Is anybody ready to go to battle? The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you f- your face. They're going to defeat your enemy before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Woohoo! I don't know if anybody's catching that. Your enemies, before you even have to do anything, before you even crack the lantern, before you even, you know, hear the sound, if you hear what the Lord is saying, they're going to come at you one way, but they're going to be fleeing seven ways. No way can the enemy touch you. The Lord will command a blessing on you. You you don't even have a chance. He's commanded it on you. Your storehouses and all to which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given to you. Wow. You know, we give Joshua a lot of credit for the conquest of Canaan. <laughs> but he didn't do it. God did it. And what else I'm hearing? I'm hearing there's a healing on the way. Christy, come on back because I believe we're about to get ready and the Spirit is going to touch us and heal us. And Isaiah 53, by his stripes we're healed. I don't know what you're he- hearing from the doctor's report, but I'm hearing that he's a healer. And maybe you lost a loved one. I'm hearing ain't no grave going to hold my body down. My sister's at her last days, but how many know she knows the Lord, and so it doesn't matter. You can be sad, or you can get glad. How many know there ain't no grave going to hold her body down? And so I know the last days, times are going to be bad. That's a fact, but listen to what I'm hearing. I'm hearing God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and our youth and our children are going to prophesy. We're going to have some little prophets and prophetesses running around speaking in the name of the Lord, calling things as though they need to be from the Lord. Don't worry about this next generation. How many know God's going to raise them up? So it just depends on what you choose to believe. I got a word I want to share with you today that God spoke over you last week, and here it is. This is the word that I had, uh, I had uh, Pastor Brent to write it down. Would you stand with me? And I want you to listen very good. Online, you can listen to I am confident of Pastor Binyam, very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, very humble, powerful servant of the Lord. He didn't give it to you because it wasn't, uh, he couldn't interrupt the service or whatever to give it to you. And the Lord wanted to wait for me because I wanted to hear it too. Are you ready for this? He saw with his vision in his eyes, he saw, okay? He also heard, but he saw. He saw water flowing into the sanctuary from underneath the main doors and rising up about two feet or up to your knees, covering the whole entire sanctuary floor. The, th- the next thing he said, the water transitioned into a cloud that evaporated, you know, from the water evaporated over you 
And the Lord spoke to him in an audible voice, audible, and said three things. Number one, the Lord would pour out from the cloud joy over the people in the sanctuary. Would you just lift your hand to the Lord right now? If the rain of the Spirit is moving today, let him pour out his joy over you this morning. The second thing he said is the Lord would pour out healing among the people. And all sorts of healing, spirit of general healing for the church, healing itself. And the church itself would be everything in the church. Everyone in the church would be healed. Number three, as a result of these things, the Lord would expose the evil that exists there. I wish you would have stopped on number two. But how many know that in my mind's eye, I could see as if a woman would have a bunch of makeup on and the rain just falling on us and then it just, the makeup just smears down or a man, you know, you you understand what I'm saying. Uh, Gary's hair and all today. If water came, it would expose, it would expose. So, so he said it's revealing, it's it's exposing. It don't only expose evil, but it, it reveals good. All right, so don't be discouraged. God has a word for us today. Number one, joy over the people in the sanctuary. Maybe that's you. Number two, healing for the people in the house. Listen, if God has spoken, how many believe healings are going to happen this morning? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And then, and then, if there is exposure of evil, can I tell you there's good news? We have a redeemer, Christ Jesus. If you're living in sin, if you're involved in sin, if you're running from sin or in the thick of it, how many believe our God can cancel every debt, every bit of sin and evil? How many know God can save from the uttermost to the guttermost? So that's the word of the Lord. He said he was not sure what he was taking place here in the church, but there would be evil exposed. If you want to do that privately at this altar, you can. I would encourage you to be of good cheer because Jesus forgives sin. You can find redemption right here. In your home, you can find redemption. You can find healing. You can find hope. If you're fertile, we have uh, friends of ours that are praying. We're believing God for a, a situation in a couple who's a friend of ours that can't can't seem to, uh, to uh, reproduce. But how many know God already knows their name? So Melissa's going to stand in faith for them. I want some prayer warriors to come and join me. We're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to pray if you want to. Then I want those who feel any of these things, whether you need freedom and joy, just to let the rain of the Spirit fall on you, or whether you need to take care of business and repent, or or second one, if you need a healing. If you need a healing, God's Word has spoken. Maybe you're facing a battle and you're feeling outnumbered. Maybe you're feeling depressed. Maybe you're feeling struggle in your own spirit, man, emotional, man. Maybe financially there's a struggle. Whatever the situation, how many know God's going to give us the victory today? That's the word of the Lord. I'm finished preaching. I've shared with you what the pastor from Ethiopia has spoken. If you have a desire or need, you want us to pray for you. If you want to find a place to worship, first thing Gideon did when he heard from the Lord, he made an altar and worshiped. And God gave him a plan. Maybe you're seeking out a plan. Maybe you don't know what's next. I'd find a place and get along with God. Incline my ears to the instructions of the Lord. God's got a plan. Come on, let's worship the Lord. The sword of the Lord and Gideon. Come on. Sword of the Lord and Gideon. I'll put it away. I don't want you to get nervous.